What's going on, people? You are locked into another episode of Meg Talks, the people's platform home to queer POC millennial conversation. Welcome. If you're locked in for the first time, we're your people, your team, your family, you know how it goes already. And if you're locked in for another episode, manners and respect. You know, I appreciate the loyalty and the support, you know. Anyway, as a matter of fact, let me tell the people where they can find everything, yeah? So you can find every single episode on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, where they're about the place now, you know. But if you're not sure, just head over to Google, type in Meg Talks Podcast and everything will come up. Alternatively, head to Meg Talks Online Instagram page and the link's in the bio. Make sure to follow whilst you're there. Anyways, people, I am here with my brethren, musician, producer in this spot. Big up. Icicle in the building. People, give her a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What's going on, my general? Do you know what is mad? It's like I've heard a similar intro for you doing that like so many times <laughs> <laughs> on the pod, like just like, you know, playing it on Spotify and whatever and sitting next to you and watching you do it. You're such a natural. Yeah. I love it. Oh, thank you, man. Because... I, do you know what? I'm so glad that you're here. I'm actually glad that you're here. And uh-huh. people, let me give you um a little backdrop story to how we met, you know, because people will sit down and listen to listen to us reason and chat, you know, mm. and we'll think, we'll make up, have all kinds of preconceptions about how we've met and how long we've known each other. But let me bust you on a story. So it must have been winter last year, so winter 2021. I'm there looking raggedy as fuck with my gym bag hood on <laughs> drawn up to the nines about to work out and i see someone yeah with something that looks like a black belly on and a hood on <laughs> looking at me outside lucian suit um, center and i'm thinking who's this donny and they're looking at me they're like make talks in it and i was like i'm like yeah 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 safe 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 i kept it pushing and so we, we exchanged couple, couple things and then you told me who you were on Instagram. So I'm like, oh, I recognize your Insta name. Safe for the love because you've always shown love, the engagement's there. Mm-hmm. I like what you were doing is from there. And then I posted something about ADHD. Shout out, Jesse. We then we done an episode not too long ago. And then that's how the conversation started to flow. Mm. And then we linked up. And then I remember you um, put something out about um, some feedback on some of the st- content you're putting out on IG. And obviously, I jumped at the opportunity to be able to give feedback because I thought the content that you were making, I really fucked with it, mm. you know, generally. Mm. And then that's just how the bond grew from there, link ups and all mm. of them things there. So, yeah, man, this is this is someone that I generally rock with. Um, someone that I, I believe in what their talent is and that's why they're here on it. It's not even just a bedroom thing. This is because, cause like, we need to let the people them know what you're doing out here, you know? Yeah, blessings to you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So listen, man, we've got a lot to get through today. So listen, I'm going to cut out all the fluffy, all the formalities. Child, we're going straight in there, man. <laughs> Hit me. Yeah. So it. do you know what? I just need to ask a quick question. Mm. I've been bouncing this question around the socials that on the last episode I dropped. Where are you sitting? Chris Brown or Usher? Right. Oh, that's not even a question, though. Why? Because it's not. 
You better be. You better be Usher with all of this pizzazz. Of course, there is no. There is no Chris Brown without Usher. Hell. <laughs> like, let's just not even do that, innit? Yeah, for real, for real, for. I'm glad. Uh, do you know what? I'm gonna after today. I'm putting this to rest because I feel like the the scales are drastically. I've put it to Instagram. We've had the it's conversation. Crazy. Me and Domsky had this. It's undeniable. It's crazy. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not me dissing Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Like. Chris Brown is a phenomenal talent, but you have to put Chris Brown against somebody in Chris Brown's era. Yeah. Usher was before Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown has learnt from Usher, just like right. Usher learnt from MJ and all the people before him. Mm. So, yeah, you can't compare them. Who is Chris Brown's equal comparison? <sighs> That's a really good question, because as I was saying that, I was thinking that, I mean, you know, if things didn't go so left for the guy, we might be talking about Justin Timberlake, but they went a bit too left. Do <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's went... a, that's a, that is a very, because I, I, the interesting thing with R&B right, um, mm. right now and for quite a few years to come, people aren't staying around for long. Mm. They have either having massive hits yeah. and it's a one hit wonder or they'll have a season and then they kind of mm. phase out. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like Chris's longevity is something yeah. that's not actually too common today in R&B at large, I'd say. He's definitely in a league a of his own because mm. really we should be saying, like we should be saying Justin Timberlake, Neo, we should be naming yeah, those kind yeah, of yeah, artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Chris Brown is probably the only one from that gen that say that he's level. Yeah. Consistently. Consistently there. at his level. Do you know he's got ADHD? No, I didn't. Yeah, like, do you know, I actually might do, a, I might do an episode on Chris Brown, you know, because he's it like... After his tobacco with Rihanna, it just weren't the same. I'm not even gonna lie. It weren't the same. It hurts. And Still. look, I've got I've got <laughs> my own reservations about how that situation patterns that no one deserves to get punched up. Let me line it up like that. But mm. listen, Caribbean girls ain't easy, you know. You see, when they're ready to start telling you about yourself, I can see how things can get heated up. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So it was never really the same because I loved Rihanna. Yeah. She, after the tail, yeah, listen, no, that video told me yeah, mm. that my sexuality needed questioning because mm. you see that video. Mm. <laughs> I felt like she was speaking to me, G. You couldn't have told me any different. No, that but yeah, it's never been the same again. But who who would you say your actual favorite artist artists of all mm. time are? Oh God, of all time. Of all oh time. wow, okay, that is a big question. All right, so for me to be able to do that and do it justice, we have to go genre. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um. So, if we start with, because we're talking about R&B, my favourite R&B artist of all time. Wow. That's hard. It probably would be, if we're going R, it probably would be Usher. Okay. It probably would be Usher. And the reason why I say that is because he is someone that I plays albums regularly. Right. From any era. Yeah, I can yeah, put yeah. on any Usher album. Um, Usher with the stocking foot, little head, yeah. the queer head thing that he had for head. <laughs> when he kicks off the trainers and starts gliding, yeah, you make yeah. me want to leave. Right, wanna win, start a new relationship. Ooh, yeah, 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 like I can play any Usher album, but that's that's me just saying it off the top of my head. I'm not really thinking it. So hold off. on, can we just talk about moving mountains? No, we can't talk about moving mountains because you said that and. It's like it's moving not, mountains. Listen, that, that tune is t- too many memories, bro. I'm trying. <laughs> I, it's very, it's very hard for me. I ask this question and I don't even know who because era to era things change. Well, that's so it. like, 
I've got a massive sentiment for DMX, right? Mm-hmm. At that time, Rough Riders, mm. that was everything to me. Mm. And like, that was the time when I was trying to flirt with rapping and spitting bars and stuff. Mm. And DMX beats were perfect mm. for that. But then I can also say uh, Floatry. Exactly. They were like the soundtrack to my uh, my to my entry point into lesbian life. Yeah. Do you understand where I'm coming yeah. from? They were really a, a very, very big deal to me. Um, I also, when I was a young black, had a thing for All Saints. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they, Saints were lit. Yeah, I used to love All Saints. But then I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. But if right, you know that, about Red Hot Chili Peppers and how fucking... I don't ever want to feel, feel like I did that day. Take me to the place I love. What? what? Take me all, all the way. way. You man ain't really Do you know still. what? And it's the entry point. Do, 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 And there's a standing in line to see the show tonight. Oi, listen. With the light. Too much. It's this, this. I can't. I'm even struggling. Because you've got then the likes of Nina Simone. That's why I said we have to go genre and it, like an era yeah. maybe even because it's like people always say to me who's your favorite rapper I'm like it's impossible because yeah. I can tell you throughout a time when I was you know 80s to 90s my favorite rappers were Queen Latifah MC Light um, Patra it's Patra Yo-yo. the dancehall team yeah. under the sycamore tree <laughs> no 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 that's Lady Soul Patra okay. is um, dip and fall back yeah. yes yeah, yes 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 you get yes, me yes. and then like if we go a little bit Did she later, have the long braids. She, I remember having yeah, long yeah. braids and some batty rider sh- <laughs> what? I weren't allowed to watch her on the box. My mom told me I had to turn it off when she came on. But anyway, that's the next thing. And then if we go to the next era, Missy Elliott was mine. And then wow, and Nas. Okay. So I'd go different. Fuck. I'd go like Missy Elliott and Buster, Eminem and Ludacris, but I'd also go Nas. Um, oh, um, shit. Uh, what was the two guys, man? Why has my mind gone blank? Mob Deep. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it depends on your era. Biggie, of course. Do you know Pac, what? Of course. I like... saw Mob Deep just before uh, my guy died. Prodigy. It was at um it? at some Puma event in East. Cause I just get emotional when I think about their tunes there because mm. they've got so many songs like Shook One, mm. Part One and Part, part two, two, the Cold Storm remix Storm with um. Mad. Is it Foxy? Yeah, it's Foxy yeah, yeah. Brown in it. There's Bear. And too like much, that. Man. Mob Deep and the Alchemist. The two go hand in hand. Did you, was you ever into um, like those conscious brothers, like Immortal Technique? Of course. Yeah, I went through that era. I, 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 I like, um, there was a song called um, Dancing with the Devil, which yeah. was insane. That, that, I've just got goosebumps thinking about that track. It's the end, bro. Oh my God. Listen, that's like your worst nightmare. <laughs> that's your fun's worst nightmare. <laughs> Who else was there in a route? Someone just flashed in my mind as well. Do you know what I loved about Immortal T- Technique, which was similar to a guy called Saigon, was the storytelling. Mm. And do you know who had that on point? Dipset. Because I was a big oh, dipset. I was never into dipset. Oh my God. I was, God, r- I was Rough Riders. I was Rough Riders. I wasn't into dipset. Dipset? Like, firstly, the instrumentals that they had were for me. They were, they were all um, like you know that comeback anthems. Mm. They always had um soundtrack soundtracks that, sorry, instrumentals that sounded like comeback tunes. And then mm. Cam Cameron had a tune called "Little Boy Fresh." Mm. 
it's not as deep as um, Dancing with the Devil, a mortal technique, but the same storytelling type things. Bad. I missed that. But the- you know what? I, I, I'm not even waving that dipset flag too high because I saw them versus um, <laughs> the locks. Yeah, come on, Jada murdered. Jada bodied the whole fucking <laughs> of the whole. <laughs> even if Jada start, showed up without Styles P, yeah. he would have dumped the whole of the whole dips. thing. It was, Jules Santana is finished. 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 Drugs ain't for everybody. No, nah, for real. No, but for me, storytelling, though, I'm sorry, but Nas is still the best storyteller. Fair play. Nas, like, the bullet goes back in the gun. Like, come on. What? <sighs> the tune, the belly tune. Like, he's just got too many. Belly was a serious also, film. Also, mm. do you know about Jean Grey? Not a lot of people know about Jean Grey. She's an underground hip-hop, like, American artist. This, I the name is familiar, but I can't place the music. The name might be familiar because it's an X-Men character still, but I've got the same last name as me. So of course, naturally, I've got this. Jean but Grey. Yeah. Is, she, Jean is Grey. it old school or new school? Old school. Like, this is before social media. Yeah. I used yeah, to yeah, get yeah, her yeah, tapes. Yeah. Like, she can, she's got this tune, right? I've been looking for it online. I don't know. I'd probably find it on, um. remember that? That Piff. I'd probably yeah. find oh it Oh my there. God, I used to love that Piff. <laughs> but she's got this tune where she alters her voice for like five different, sounds five different tones you think mm. it's five different rappers on the track but it's her okay. and she's telling a story in each verse like it is Do you know crazy. the name of the track no because that, that, that cause... this this was like 2004 okay. 2005 Do you know what? that was a good time for music you know really that good. was a yeah. really i really enjoyed what was happening musically because even around that was a time like a marie was flying oh my god Amory. that was around the time of touch it bring it babe around that time music was nice yeah music was really nice and those times i was in the club doing the most you know we was talking about booty in the car that was booty. I was in there. Those was booty days. And this was when it was in Vauxhall, yep. but near the Pleasure Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yep, booty yep. there. No, okay. Yeah. Those days are lit. Who are you? What What? What music are you bumping right now? Ooh. What are you bumping right now? Well, obviously, today's Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday is Bay Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been written to Beyonce's new album because I am still a Beyonce fan. I don't care what people say about Beyonce. Mm. I love Beyonce. So... As of this week, <laughs> Beyonce. But um, yesterday, I discovered an artist called Londrell. Mm. Oh my God. Talk about in my feels. This whole guy's thing is about inner healing, which, you know, the stuff we were talking about earlier, really. Um, but like, he really goes on, like, or goes in on inner child healing and like talking mm. about your stuff and just really bringing it out. So to hear... These are the kind of conversations I have with my girl all the time. So to hear a rapper actually saying that kind of stuff is amazing. But aside from him um, and Beyonce, I'm very much into UK music. So standard. I'm just constantly like, you know what? It's it's not. Let me not do a disservice. Let me see what's on my actual Spotify, so I can give you a a proper answer to that. But I would say, off the top of my head. It's the usual, like, gets. <laughs> like, I'm just... Oh, Nux. Hey, you know... Um, do you know what track I absolutely love? Because, you know, um, Polos Los Hermanos. Yeah, but I just I just love the whole thing. Like, I'm just bumping the, the whole Nux album. Koji Radical. Hey, listen, can we just talk about Koji for a minute? Because he had... Um, oh, I have to go and find it now. Let me see if I can quickly find it. While you're doing that, I'm just going to name drop a few. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker, Genesis Elijah, King's Castle, Boy Nash, um, 
George, Shailene oh, Gold, yeah. Javon. A2, come on. How can we not talk about A2? Do you know, I'm going to say something, you're going to go mad. I can't place A2. You can't. I can't, I can't, I can't I'm, think I'm, of. I'm going to bust you on A2, don't worry about that. I've got you. Um, oh, this is going to annoy me. There's this Koji Radical... Um, Oh, there we go. It's called pro. It's the progression freestyle. Mm. Jesus, what? A man's do man's dropping bars, skateboarding, <laughs> and the bars are just flying. For I, do you know what? I I've loved Koji Radical for a very long time, and like he's so talented. And like, do you know what I love about one of the things I love about him is his um eccentric fashion nature. Mm. Anyway, mm. and. If, if if you don't know about Toby Ingwa, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. No, I don't know. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bust it a couple things on um, Instagram when I drop All this right. episode mm. and tag it because he's cold. He's okay. he's really really fire, man. But you know who I am bumping right now? No cap. <laughs> Shana Kane, baby. Hey, come Get. on. Big up Shana. When it feels like it ain't worth it, find your purpose. Hey. You deserve it. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, let's just talk about her for a minute because mm. I only found her music through you. Mm. Um, went down to Catford Bread, which was an amazing project that you worked on. Big up, because the Thank turnout you. was big. Overwhelming. We we were outside. The <laughs> Especially like the black young quiz, we were outside, outside. <laughs> we That's the first outside. time. What? We was chilling up, relaxing outside Catford Music. Cat for Music never seen so many black queer people no. in its life. It was a pattern, and um, so it was. We was it called? We shut down the muse. There was um stalls. There was food. There's drinks, vibes, arts and crafts. You can do the family thing. Then later on into the evening, I'd say maybe around seven pm onwards. Then it got serious. Mm-hmm. That's when the music. The, that's when certain things started to pop off. And so like Shana came, come on set, and I was actually near the back of the muse, well, from the stage anyway, at the mm. back. Just, you know, just doing my little thing, small, relaxing. Then I heard, I heard certain, um, the, the, the instrumental dropping. Mm. I said, okay, yeah, nice, nice. Then I heard certain flows coming. I said, <laughs> I said yeah, yeah, this is cold. Cause the vibe was so strong. I was at the front. <laughs> I was at the front looking like I was ready to dash bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, you deserve it, deserve it. And then what got me sold was, because we've been pulled from left to right, up and down like a seesaw. Right. Ancestors reborn, fighting till everything's equal. Hey, are you, what? Listen. Hey, Shana, big up your blood clot self. Your people them ain't ready still. Nah, listen. Oh my God, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed at firstly you can, like she came in, masked the fuck out, hat on, yeah. sunglasses on with insane stage presence. She had Crazy. a lot of people, whether it be sitting down, standing up from front to back, just engaged. And the lyrical yeah. content, it's not arrogant. Yeah. It's so empowering. It's yeah. the kind of stuff where you see if you've got like a big presentation or you've got a performance or whatever it is, you need to put on your headphones and get into that. Right. Get into them notes and remind you who the fuck you really are. Yeah. And like, I've been observing the, um, the spiritual depth. Mm. in the music as well because I think there's a tune called um, Chosen One mm. and Rastafari mm. what? Yeah. you ain't hearing these kind of lyrics 
Like she has come and for me filled a gap in the market and I'm so glad that it was her mm. presenting the way that she does to come and tell the people. And so in, in Catford Pride, that was one thing because we're amongst us. Mm. So about two, three weeks later now, there was People's Day. Mm. So for anyone that doesn't know what People's Day is, how would you describe People's Day? Local Lewisham Festival. Yeah. Got music, got two free stages. You had the, the did you find the roots and the reggae? Of section? course. Fam, <laughs> it was mad I up there. I was there first. <laughs> Bear Gandra run, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah up yeah. there was wavy. <laughs> so they had um, like a reggae dub stage. They had like, um, let's say like a black, a black British stage. That, so you had novelist, yeah, Shana Kane and a few other people. They Kenny All Star, yeah, all yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Kenny All Star was there. Yeah, Charla yeah, yeah. was hosting yeah, on that yeah. stage as well, and they had one next team that was like some folk business. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't really happening up there. <laughs> what really that stuff. They got fun fair, all kinds of stuff. So it's a good day out anyway, and it's been going on since I was knee high. Yeah, yeah. I've been going since yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. So um, anyway, when. I didn't know Shana Kane was performing. Oh, I, I had no idea. So I was there nice for surprise then. I was I was there for novelist. So I, we was okay. just passing through because the per the DJ that was spinning before mm. Shana was blazing up the things. All I cousin, heard was happiness. What is the DJ's name? <laughs> it's a it's a group of them. Okay. They're they're they're, they're a massive group. <coughs> they're um they're always changing their bloody names. Yeah, but they um, they they I'll were cold. It. Yeah, I'll they were it. cold. So that's what brought me over then. And when I heard Shana Kane, cuz I nearly lost my shit. I oh, know. And because I've been thumping the records, I'm 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 kind of picking up certain lyrics now, so I'm in a vibe. Let me tell you what was special about that performance. Um, firstly, she come out with mass presenting, mm-hmm. and I saw certain people starting to just leave this leave the where the stage was because they didn't get it. But really, I would say ninety eight percent stuck it out to see, and I didn't the that. youth went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. went. Absolutely insane that like she tapped into a frequency and a message that they needed to hear that yeah. day and it connected and 100%. they would it was the skanking crew. <laughs> no, they were out. They were out. The youths were really there for it. I think what tune was it of hers that she did for the crowds? They yeah. really, really got into that one. Yeah. They really, really got into it. And funny because when Seesaw come on, because that's one of my favorites. Yeah, Seesaw's my team. Um, I love Seesaw. Of, uh, it was like, Officer, please could you give him a second? Hey! Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's so wavy. But um, when it got to Seesaw now, that's where I, I know my little lyricals. So there was a girl next to me and the, here the girl, that pretty thing, you know. So I'm with my missus, this pretty little thing's elbowing me and I was thinking, oh, behave. Like, don't put me in this situation. So she was like, oh, what's the name of this guy? I was like, no, man, it's a girl. I was like, her name's Shana Kane, bro. I was so gassed. They were like, um, they were like, oh, um, so I was trying, they couldn't, I think they thought I said King. Because I thought it was King at first. So I said, pass me on Instagram and let me type it in. Followed them up. And because um, we're following each other, she was like, oh, you're following. Da-da-da-da. So I was like, yeah, I've got a podcast. I said, if anything, I said, stay tuned for the summer because she's coming through. Quick follow, whatnot. And I say that to say that that was a crazy reaction that someone's mm. running me down to ask me who this person mm. on stage is. Mm. Big flex. Yeah, man. Big flex. Shout out to you, Shana. Shout Can't wait for you to man. come through. Best of luck with the uh, most recent drop. What was it? The twelfth of July. Seesaw. Seesaw. Yeah. yeah Everyone so go check that out, man. The project please, is fire. Please. So that's Shana. S H A R N A. Kane. C A N E. Make sure you go over to Instagram right now. Follow up the things there. Make sure you go on. It's um. What's it called? iTunes, Spotify. Go and handle the business, people. 
But um, yeah, man, listen, let's get into what you've been up to 2020 because you've been doing live shows. Because I saw you at a block party. <laughs> I saw you at a, you and Lai at a block party shutting it down. Yeah. I've seen you in quite a few. I've seen you do at least four shows this year. Not even in, and a couple of them ain't even in the UK. So like, talk us through, man. What's been going on? So, um, so we're part of a collective um, that's based in France. Mm. It's called Call Me Femsi. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an international female collective. Um, and so we got rappers from Tunisia, Mexico, Italy, us. And there's a couple French Africans as well, but they dip in and out. Um, and so like the guy who runs it, Gautier, he's our manager. And basically, we for the last 10 years, we've just been going out to France to perform because that seems to be where our tribe is. Like over here, our music didn't really take off too well. Mm. Um, I think it's more about the presentation of it and the type of music that it is. But in France, the French love a rebel. Yeah, You know what I mean? They love it. They love the fact that we're quite mask, mm. where they love grime and drill. And they just love UK. Like they... A lot of them, when they're talking to us, they prefer UK rap to American rap. So for them, it's like, and it's closer, we're closer to them, isn't it? They really (coughs) relate to what we're doing. So they love that we're doing it on UK grime. And whilst they can't understand all of it because of the slang, they get what we're talking about. So they're like, right, you're really spitting social issues on grime. Mm. That's dope. So they just accept it. So whenever... Whenever they can get an opportunity to book us to come out, they do. Um, so that's basically what's the been cr- happening. Cr- I've been seeing, watching, well, I've been observing not only what you and Lai have been putting together. Mm. Firstly, proper big up Lai. Proper. That's such a real one, one. I've yeah, been man. observing the audience's engagement and response because they're going nuts. <laughs> You've yeah. got some of these gala out here losing <laughs> their fucking mind. <laughs> The French crowd, yeah, it's different. The French crowd, the French experience is different. It really is different. Do you think that Londoners are spoiled? Because all the big acts always come to London, mm. right? And we get, there's so much high hopes for the, for the London audience. Okay, we're going to do big shows. Yeah. You've got big arenas. You're going to get big numbers. And so I think we're spoiled. And sometimes yeah. when you go to other cities where it's smaller, the reaction is so much bigger because they're really appreciative. Definitely. It's the same, like, you know, like the main places in America, like New York, mm. Chicago, mm. LA, like they're used to it, you know, cause I, it's similar when you leave London. I remember doing Bradford Pride a few years ago. Well, I, mm. I had people trying to drag off my clothes. Wow. I, I did Manchester Pride years ago. They were shoving pens in my hand. Oh, give me an autograph, blah, blah. I'm like, autograph? For what? I'm still from the, I'm just for me from the ends. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's it is, it's like, I mean, obviously that wouldn't happen now in Manchester because Manchester is another hub mm-hmm. like London is. Yeah. But back then it was new, it was fresh. So yeah, in France, it's just, they really, they they deal with us differently. Like here, if we get booked for a show, it can be, I mean, like today, we're performing today. That was done properly. Mm. We're getting paid, like everything's cool. But a lot of the time it's like, people ask us to, to perform and I'll say, I'll notice through the emails like there's no talk of budget or whatever. So I'll say, mm. do you have a budget? Like, mm. can you at least cover our travel or something? Because you ain't said nothing. Swing your mic around. Yeah, bring it around. The other way, the other way. This way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go. On. And um, and yeah, they'll they'll either say yes or no. 
Mm. And then we'll decide whether, whether it makes sense for us to do it, if we want to do it or not. Whereas we're, in France, there's no question. They book our travel, our accommodation, our food, mm. and they pay us. And they just deal with us differently. Mm-hmm. Like we have a whole team when we get there. There's a, there's, there's, there has been an ongoing conversation over the years about you have to leave the UK to really start to establish yourself. Because it's like the UK slash London is like the training ground mm. and you can only get so far, then you have to kind of break away and do something, go elsewhere. So like, for example, Daniel Kalua, um, what's my girl's name? Um, Auntie Gina Yashere. Mm. Like prime examples of good British talent that's had to go Idris Elba. Mm. Like when you leave outside of the city, people really embrace and they're kind of eyes wide open, ears wide open and taking you in for what it is. So like, what how, like what are some of the shows that you've been working on this year? So um, the first one was uh, called Sis Sound, which was a show in Lille in the north of France, um, and that was basically a all female and non binary show, mm. and it had a variety of acts. We were the headline act, and the act before us. <laughs> I remember standing in the venue going, are these women really going to take to us? Because the act before us was like, like most of them were classical. Okay. And the two girls that went on before us was like, one was a sax player and one was a keyboard player. Mm. And they were incredible. Like they were giving me goosebumps. And I was like, wow, this is mad. And, and I said to my manager, I was like, because I'm looking around at the crowd, everyone's like middle-class, middle-aged, white. Mm. I'm like, are you sure they're going to like handle UK grime? And he just started laughing. He said, I see, they're here for you. They're ready. Like, they're here for you. And I was like, really? And he's like, like don't worry, basically. Because mm. a lot of people were in the courtyard. And he said, as soon as you go on, you're going to see. So then when we stood on stage, I turned around and the whole place was ram. And I was so, like, okay, cool. So we showed that. And then, um, so then this month, yeah, we're still in July, isn't it? Yeah, so at the beginning of the month, <coughs> we were booked for another headline show. So my my manager put on a two-day um, festival. Nice little venue. It's a beautiful venue inside, but then he had a courtyard. He likes doing things in courtyards, mm. like at the outside, big stage and whatever. Um, and the weather was beautiful. So on the first night, he had some of the artists who are on his books performing. And then the second night we headlined that. And then the next day we got a train down to Leon and that was the block party. Okay. So we did the block party in Leon. Um, and then we came back the next day and then we shot a video for um a freestyle track that we did out there. So yeah, it was just like my manager would literally just contact us and say, Listen, I've been working on this, blah, 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 I'm bringing you out. And mm. it's never it's never in conjunction with any music because to be honest with you. Me and Lai don't really drop music like that. Mm-hmm. Like we, the last projects we dropped were years old, but we met, we did a project in 2019, but obviously with the pandemic, like it was at the end. So then the pandemic happened. So we put that on hold. So that's the music that we're performing at the moment, but it's not out. Like it's not, it's not okay. been released yet. Do you know what? That's actually kind of fire because let's just say I've heard certain tracks. Mm. There's certain tracks that you and Lai absolutely body together just like the difference in flows the tempos the lyrics and that is sick mm. so i have to actually come and see you to hear your music yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and that's very rare in this day and age of streaming yeah. and all of this kind of stuff like mm. so what does it mean to be an artist to you you know what does that mean to you it's a really good question for me that's changed over the years 
Mm. I would say before, it was a way to vent frustrations at the world. Now, it's a way for me to express emotion from what's going on inside me. Mm -hmm. And um, my art is varied. It's not just music. I paint. Okay. I draw. Mm. Um, and I do uh, very basic digital stuff, but I like I like photography as well. So for me, it's about expressing, like what art is to me. That's mm. an ongoing journey. That's yeah, never yeah, gonna yeah. end. Like, yeah. how do I interpret art? That will never end. That will just keep evolving. But the main thing about being an artist is for me to release my emotions. That's what it's about. So I don't have that kind of, I need to be this person. I need to earn loads of money through music. I want to be famous. It's never that for me. It's how can I express my emotions in a creative way? And you use all of these different mediums yeah. as the outlet. So whether it's the pencil, the paintbrush, the mic, yeah. whether you're on freaking some kind of production platform when yeah. you're producing beats. It's as long as you're being creative yeah. and being able to put your energy and emotions into it, it's gonna come out yeah. in some kind of Do you know I didn't even know I didn't even know that you um had your hand in that part like physical art paint. Mm. Cause I can't draw, you know. What? <laughs> oh my god, it's disgusting. Cause there's no I don't even bother with it. Because I just know I'm gonna end up frustrated because my thing ain't what what my thing looks like in my head on paper, it's a wrap right now. <laughs> so like what what was your entry point to music? If oh, we stick wow. on the top of music, because cause I know, stop me for correct me if I'm wrong here. I remember you're Jamaican descendant, isn't it? Jamaican background. Jamaican, Bayesian, and Irish. I swear. Mm. Okay, I did not know that. So Jamaican, Bayesian, and Irish got mm. you. So like, what was your entry point? What kind of sounds sonically were you taking in as a young buck? Roots, <laughs> mm -hmm. roots reggae, um, and soul and early hip hop, like mm. LL Cool J, um, KRS-One, Rakim. Mm. Rakim, like, you know. Yeah, my mum would play, uh, MC Light as well. Lots of MC Light. Um, my mum was a massive MC Light fan. Um, so it was quite diverse then, really. But my, so we're gonna have to uh, fluctuate with language here, cause I'm gonna make a lot of references to my mum. Mm. My mum's now trans, so. Wait, did you, I remember me, I was just shocked again. I was like, I'm sure I've been shocked before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I when I say mum, it's in reference to the past. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to use the past pronouns, otherwise yeah. it's just going to get too confusing. Yeah. But um, my mum was in a roots band when I was younger. Mm. So she was a singer, a keyboard player, bass player. So I was used to every Saturday... I used to go with her to her friend's house and um, <laughs> it was so funny because they used to open the door and it was this like plume of smoke. Mm, and I'd mm. walk in, I'd be like, mom, what's that smell? <laughs> she'd go, herbs. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we used to sit down and the football would always be on and it was always the Arsenal game and I could never get through it and I didn't understand why. I'd always fall asleep. Mm. But it's because I was mashed up in it because <laughs> they're all rust. Hot boxing out the whole place. <laughs> so me and the kid, but the kid, their kids were used to it. So yeah. they're watching the football and jumping up and down on the sofa. I'm mm. knocked out, yeah. asleep, can't watch the football. But when I wake up, they're like, I can hear them practicing, singing, whatever. 
And every now and then I would put my head through the door mm. and just like cheat. Like I liked some of their songs. And then um I don't know, I must have been about eight or nine. And I I don't remember what happened, but I clearly showed an interest because I remember my mum saying, like, if this is what you want to do, I will put what I'm doing on hold and help you. So I was like, yeah, it's what I want to do. So then me and my day ones, we just all like we formed this group. It was called Conscious Youths. Right. We were just like these like these little kids that had opinions about life. Mm. And I would write all the songs. There there would be different subjects that so I'd I'd write about. Don't not disrespecting women, bully like anti-bullying stuff, pollution, like all these. I was well, a, I used on a conscious humanitarian you. from. I grew up on roots. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, in yeah. my. It was in me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, so yeah. So we 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 did loads of something. We would practice every week. And my mom did this thing where she'll be playing music on the keyboard. The mic stand would be there, and we'd be lined up. So there was eight of us. We'd be in a queue. And she said, you just need to write, it wasn't called bars then. She's mm. like, just write two lines. Mm. She said, I want you to memorize them, but you don't know how you're going to deliver them until you get to the mic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So then we'd be in the queue and we'd get to the mic. She'd go, sing it. So then you'd, you'd have to like sing it on beat. Okay. And then you go around again and she'd go, rap it. And then like- That's sick. Yeah. And then, then she'd say, chat. Like, remember Jamaican rapping yeah. was called chatting back then. Yeah, and then yeah. she'd say, chat it. Mm. So like she trained us to, you know, do it on the fly. That's the early stage of freestyle training. Right, exactly. But but my mum was a DJ and a toaster. Like she did that before. Like she was part of oh, sound school. system and your mum. From you're talking about toasting, this yeah, is throwback. Yeah, yeah. My mum used to run with Saxon, and she did all of yeah. that before she was in the Roots band. So yeah, so she taught us all of that. Taught us how to freestyle. Like we we had to stand there for hours just thinking up stuff on top of our head. So we did that for a few years. Did all the local park festivals. We did People's Day. Lady World Fields used to have a festival. Mm. We did that. Deptford Festival, we did. We did all of that. And then I think we got to about... Oh, we even had a music video that got played on BET. I remember. Bruh. It kept, got played on BET and Channel 4. And then when I got to about 13, I was like, this is dead. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. you know, it's just like... At 13, you don't want to be doing your mum's music. Like, it sounds like your mum's yeah. music, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, like, I told my mum, like, just didn't want to do it anymore. And obviously she was disappointed, but it was just dead from then. And I thought music, I was done with music. Mm. Then I discovered Jungle. Talk it was a it. rap. It was a rap. Jungle, I, I was a... So roughly, how old were you then when you got introduced to the Jungle scene? I first heard Jungle at 12. Mm. I had a surprise birthday party and we were playing hip hop and dance all, all night. And one of my friends just stopped the tape. This is how old I am. He stopped the tape mm. one day, uh, one minute, and he was just like, nah, I need to put this on. And I remember he put this tape in. And I don't know how old school you are with Jungle, but this tune came on and went, blood club. Yeah. So that come on, right? I am, I'm tuned into <laughs> things like um, health, um, like okay, 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 yeah, right, yeah, you're yeah. there. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, this is called Jungle. And I was like, hmm, I like it. Mm. But that was it. And then at 13, my friends, um, who I went primary school with, we never went to the same secondary school, but we used to hang out because we all lived in the same area. All of a sudden, one of them had decks. And he was like, yeah, I'm a DJ. And I was like, but you can DJ, you're 13 years old. The boy could <laughs> DJ, he could mix jungle. And I was like, what? That's mad. Because then now- the beat, per, the beat per minute on that is insane. Right. And now we're listening to Cool School every week. Right. Right. So we've got the radio on. We're listening to 
um, not Cool School, Cool FM. We're listening to Cool FM every week. Mm. So getting into Jungle, listening to Skibba, Shabba, MC Depp, Funky Flirt, listening to the man yeah. them, Stevie Appadi, R.I.P. and R.I.P. Skibba as well. Um, and then um, one of my other friends got Dex as well. And then one day, my brethren time, my good, good brethren, the one who runs Twerk and Jerk, mm-hmm. he looked at me and he said, you can do this, you know? I said, what do you mean? He said, Shah, you can MC. Remember we used to MC back in the day? You can do that on this. And I was like, no, but this is way faster. He's like, you can do it. Go and think of a bar. I went outside and I thought of a four bar in my head. I didn't mm. have no pen and paper. I just thought of it in my head. And I went back in and I spat it and everyone went mad. And they were like, right, this is you now. And then that was us every week. Do you know what? Just to, <laughs> just to interject on the topic of jungle. This is why D-double-E will forever be oh, one of my favourite borrowers of all time. Double. Because... He can do gram, yep. he can do drill, yep. he can do drum and bass, yep. he can do jungle. And yep. when he jumps on a drum and bass or a um, drum and bass or a jungle beat, it's mad. he fucks it it's mad. up. It's mad. It, it's I mad. listen, it's different things. <laughs> it's different. It's different, it's different. levels. <laughs> no, I'm a big appreciator of that. At my entry mm. point to jungle, I was roughly, but I say seven, eight. Seven, eight, eight, nine, and mm. there was a brother called David that lived our back garden backed onto his. Mm. And David used to thump out the <laughs> rhythms. When I say thump it out, to the point where the music has gone across both gardens and in my bedroom, and I'm in my room looking out the window and I can see like all these flashing lights, and David's probably got his little decks there, and he's and I was in it and I was just fixated by like, what the oh, fuck no. is this? Like how I I know. I, I know. I don't even know what to say because like, cause it's like the speed, all of the technical sounds in it. That's something with my ADHD, and I'm just it <laughs> Like it just sends me off on yeah. a different frequency. And yeah. I remember um one time because David had a little sister, and mm. his sister was in and around my age. So anyway, I was like, we were like the annoying little kids that he didn't want to be around. So one time I, we had a conversation about his music, and he gave me a tape. Mm. That was my first jungle tape. Oh, nice. From there. It's My love was in, yeah. Then I started to, as I got a bit older, starting to see the relationship between um, like the jungle sound, because it wasn't really called drum and bass at that time. It no. was just jungle. And how that sound, how the likes of, for example, like Sizzler mm. and Capleton had certain flows and mm. there were certain drum patterns in music that mm. I could see, oh, raw. And I'm hearing like General mm-hmm. Levy, mm-hmm. Jungle is Massive. And I'm like, okay, now it's, Home, yeah, because it's connected with my roots. Yeah, you understand where I'm coming from. And my dad was a sound man. Mm. So when we're growing up, listening to certain sounds now, because it was only natural, I was gonna love um, jungle. Yeah, yeah. You know, even you know, um, the drum of the roots. Mm. He does mad jungle patterns. You know, I know. Like there's his song. Um, shit. What is that song called? It's the Roots, Eve, oh, and Erica Badu. I love the Roots. Let me see. The Roots. Erica. Let's see. Erica. I don't know. Am I spelling it wrong? Erica. Badu. Eve. Okay. The song's called um, You Got Me. Okay. Yeah. I would say probably around three, three, three quarters of the way into the track. Mad drum and bass pattern. Because. But at the time I didn't know it. 
Okay. But now, I, now I'm now i older and I recognise the sound. I said, yeah, man, this is where I could see the... Naturally, I was gravitating towards it. So this song, song dropped 99. Actually dropped, yeah, 99. Early. Yeah, early doors, man. Anyway, let me get my notes out. The roots have always been ahead, though. Where? <laughs> where? But where? you know, we're talking about, talking about artists, actually. I really fucked with, um, you know, Bone Fugs and Harmony. Mm. Man. Yeah, it. that double time rapping. Right? It's something di- and again it's like that it's, what you gonna do ain't nowhere to hide <laughs> <laughs> but like you know I'm gonna, we're gonna get into some like little topical things just to hear like as a musician mm. you know you produce music you manage artists you make music yourself and you have things from a young but so you're gonna have some opinions on certain things yeah mm. like, I wanna kinda see where you sit like as I get older, I'm finding it very difficult to separate the art from the artist mm. and separate the message <laughs> from the music. Before, I didn't care. Yeah. I could tune in and listen to a bag of absolute wildness. Let's yeah. just um, use Eminem yeah. as an example. Listen, I loved Eminem growing up. Same. But when I deep what he was saying, let's just say, for example, forgot about Dre. <laughs> Um, when the cops came through, I stood next to a burnt down house with a can full of gas and a box full of matches and I still won't find out right here. My, how is like a 10-year-old spitting them bars at? Do you understand? Two broken legs trying to walk it off. Yeah. <laughs> Call the cops. I'll kill you and your motherfucking barking dogs. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, at them times, like, it wasn't even resonating. Like, it just sounded good and I liked yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. now I'm finding it harder and harder to ignore Mm. The message and it's fucking with me when it comes to certain genres of music because it's a wild, it's the wild west. Mm. So how do you feel about, can you separate the art from the artist and can you separate the message from the music? It depends on where I'm at on that day mm. and which artist it is. All right, talk to me. And the reason why I say that is because when it comes to the mandem and drill, for instance, mm. um, I'm not a drill fan personally only because it's not for me mm. they are not making music for me i'm not anti-drill mm. i want to make that clear i'm not anti-drill i just i'm not a fan of i'm gonna sound really old but all the beats sound the same yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the flows sound the same it's not uh, it's not that creative in my mind and that's not a diss to drill artists because i love the fact that they have a genre that they can express themselves. They can talk about, I'm not into the glorifying, by mm. the way, but there are. there's a difference between the guys who are really on road and really expressing their pain and they can find a way to get out of that road to life and make money for themselves. So I think it's great that that exists because you know what? Before drill, it was grime. Mm. Before grime, it was road rap. Mm. And before road rap, it was like, this This has been gangster rap and anything like that has always been a thing. And I'm before, here for it. Just on this gangster rap, cash moves everything around me. Cree <laughs> right. get the money, dollar, dollar bill, <laughs> y'all. Yep. Exactly. Like it's always been there. Mm. Where my issue with separation comes in are people like Chris Brown? Yeah. MJ. <laughs> Mike was on funny business. MJ is like my all-time favorite artist. Mm. But you know what? For the last five, seven years, I have not played an MJ song. And that messes with me because mm. he was a massive part of my childhood. Yeah. He has influenced probably every artist that I listen to. Um, I loved and love his music. 
But I have this guilt. <laughs> I have this inner guilt like that comes up whenever I feel like I want to hear an MJ song and I don't play it. And there isn't, there isn't actually any evidence mm. that's come out to say that he's guilty of the crimes he's been accused of. But for me, you've been accused a few times, bro. Mm. There's no smoke without fire, bro. And my first and foremost, the one thing we do know 100% is that you thought it was okay to sleep in the same bed as a child. Other people's use. Other people's use. We don't do that. Yeah. We we're, we're, not, we're not doing that, bruv. We're not here for that. So whether that's all it was or not, that's not okay. So yeah, I'm yeah. not here for that. I'm not here to support that. So that's when it becomes tricky for me. And then it opens it up to like, but do you know how many artists are really on crack? Mm. Like, do you really know someone? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so many artists, if we if we were to find out what they're really up to. You'd be appalled. Like, well, yeah. listen, the baby was fucking capping people in the middle of fucking Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like he's, well, do you know what? Let me not even jump ahead with that, but I feel you. Because mm. my thing is, it's when what you're doing, irrespective of whether there's definitive proof, whether this has been cleared in a court of law, if what you're what you're allegedly doing conflicts with my moral compass and my yeah. own standards, I have to reconsider what's going on here. Yeah. And I can't listen to the music and enjoy it the same way now. No. That I'm not gonna sit here online and be like, oh yeah, I can put I've never been able to just um forget about it. Mm. I get frustrated when people, I find myself getting frustrated when people ignore certain transgressions yeah. that's in their face. So a prime example of that is R. Kelly. I don't know how there are certain women that have got the audacity to stand up there and still support this man saying, man ain't done. You weren't there. You literally were not there. So how can you speak with your whole chest and say this, that? And that's why even for people, I say, be careful who you're co-signing yeah. and what you are putting your name against and swearing on because you ultimately really have no idea about what was and what not. Yeah. So like, I can't, I can't do the R. Kelly thing. No, no, that no. Cause, no, 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 no. Listen, no, no. immediately, <laughs> no. that needs to shut off. And I know people are going to no. say, well, he's written a lot of songs and this, that, never. At the end of the day, it's about my consciousness. No, what If I'm consciously aware that he's involved in something, I can't really take that in. You see, Mike, mm. I love me some Mike Jackson. Mm. But I'm like, you're a funny guy. Yeah. I'm like, you're, I said, I don't know what is from what's not. Yeah, but fishy, what I bro. do know is, as for me and mine, that can't work. Mm. If this was me and my child, my child saying that, oh yeah, he had me up in the room and what? Yeah, Cuz? No. Nope. Like, listen, like a Shaolin monk, your scalp is flying. <laughs> flying. Are you crazy? That yeah, can't, no, we're not do on you that. understand? So like, mm. there's all of that. Now, what I can say is, the invisible invincible album. Oh, fuck's sake, Mike. Like, why can't these people just behave on the self? Just behave with us. How are you gonna get us roped up in the music, serenade us, and then there's all this madness behind it? So for me, I've had to identify what are my um non-negotiables. Yeah. And how far on the line. So for example, now yeah. drill music. You see the little drill beats there? I think they're wavy. Like, mm. they're not my favourite. Mm. I can't say I absolutely love them. Like, when I hear drill, certain drill beats, listen, what mm. the, you know, the slides. Mm. Oh, my, the slides. Get Some of them me. are all right, yeah. Some Do you them get me? The right. slides and the bass line. I'm a bass line whore. Yeah, so, same. <laughs> so that just tech away my spirit anyway. Um, 
some of the flows that were skippy. Listen, they're doing some mad little skippy flows. And I'm like, I like how that sounds on these beats. However, this. First and foremost, I can hear what you're saying in 5K. Mm. And the reality of it is the impact of gun, um, gang culture, gun crime, knife crime. That shit has been in such close proximity in terms of the negative impact that me getting hauled up and dragged down by police consistently is because of all of these things. Mm. You understand? There's certain people that are very close to me that have gone to jail for certain things. They're missing from family functions. I'm not going to certain spaces and seeing them. I'm missing them. Mm. There's tears being shed. So I find it very hard. Be beyond the mo the few the food beyond the drop. Mm. And I'm hearing a wavy set of bars or a wavy flow. That's very much in the front of my mind when I'm hearing this. And then I start to feel a way like, then it's like, oh, it's black people. Why are we doing this? Youngsters, we need to start moving. But, and it starts getting all political. You know, mm -hmm. what, you know where I'm coming from? So like, I can't say that I don't listen to draw, but I can't take it in as much as I used to. Mm. Do you see where I'm coming from? And and what what I also had to stop and think, recognize, and it was actually um, on a podcast I heard someone had say this, and I was like, it's actually true. If that's all you're taking in, and you feel like you're gonna be disappointed that you're not gonna have a selection of music, you need to actually check what you're taking in because there's a lot of music out there. Mm. So just like you were saying about what was the brother's name, Londell, Londrell, Londrell, positive, mm. Shana Kane. Mm. That's why I love it, you know, because um she's. Listen, the beats that she's jumping on, mm. fucking good selection. Mm. And then the way I'm able to replicate what I love. I'm able to take what I love from that music yeah. and fill it with something better, you yeah, know? Definitely. It's hard, it's not it's not an easy, it's not an easy one, but I'm re I'm really struggling with it, cuz. Yeah, and, I hear and can we say and can do you think that lyric, like music, can influence people to do madness? <sighs> That's again. I think that's a tough one. I think the the answer to that is everything can influence you. Facts. Because the same way I can't sit here and go, no, it's not going to influence me when I've just said there's a self help album by this artist called Londrell mm. that I was listening to yesterday, and he's made me feel good about myself mm. by talking about self, you know, inner work. So that's an influence. So of course it can. But that's not on the artist. That's on the individual. Everything is just a tool. And it's up to you how you choose to use that tool. For instance, there's been times when I've been mad. And the best thing for me to do is listen to an angry grime track or a drill record. Because when I'm listening to it, I actually tunnel my energy into that song. It's good for me to listen to one that I know the lyrics to. Mm. Is then I'll wrap it all out, all of that aggression, and I will visualize me pumping up that person. Mm. Mm. I've played it out in my head now, but then I'll finish the scenario. So you know, like when I was saying to you in the car about like I am a, a hindsight person, I look at the big picture. Yeah. So what I'll do in that moment is while I'm listening to that angry song, I'll play out the scenario for real. Mm. Okay, so I've pumped them up and I've won now. What happens now? Mm. Police get called or or they bring people and then I bring people and then all of this, there's mass, like I catastrophize it. Right, right. Because, and I'm, I take it to the extreme because that helps me know what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of. Mm. Once I've done all of that and got it out of my system, I'm good. I can let it go. Right, so it's, 
do you know it's interesting because you see the likes of people like um what's the brother's name now um what's my man's name jesus so you've got like travis scott mm. um what's that the white donny's name not jack harlow um He's on a rap scene and he makes kind of singy songy tunes and he's got certain songs that's um kind of depressing. Can't forget I think his name begins with P or something. I can't think of what it right that? now. I don't know. So anyway, um, it's like they listen to these. I hear young people listening to this music. And I'm like, why the fuck are you listening to this? Like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, this is so fucking depressing. Like, this is not mm. uplifting. This is not positive vibes at all. But like you said, being able to connect in with that frequency if that's where you're at and releasing it yeah through that channel it's interesting because i had i guess i ultimately do the same thing but never really kind of deeped it mm. you know talking about travis scott after that whole astro world thing i can't bro, bro i can't <laughs> i can't i can't i can't i'm like 10 man that's like people come to your show and 10 man never came back i wasn't i wasn't a fan in the first place i'm i'm not to be honest i can't apart from londrell i can't name you any new american artist let me let me me put let me just clarify this because i wouldn't say i'm a travis fan but you see things like songs like goosebumps that i don't even know that song yeah (laughs) don't you open up the window (laughs) whoa don't Don't you let out that antidote no no, but ain't that wait ain't that a song of future i don't know if he's in his travis scott's in there does Future I get those goosebumps every time, point, man. Damn, oh, I don't know. Right? I don't know. You see, all the, you see, there's a couple tunes here that I absolutely love. Like, I've loved them. I loved them before I even knew it was Shavin Scott. Okay. Because it was just wavy. But it's like, I can't take it in. Because I'm like, big man, like, do you understand what you've done? You understand? There's mm. there's family. There's nothing. You know, when something, if something happened to me, it's more than just you or mama. There's bare people that's affected by this. Mm. And I'm like, your music... And your talent should not be putting people in this position. Mm. You understand? So that I've got a massive conflict with him. I swear I've forgiven him. And then he's doing headline shows and, and festivals. I said, big man, if I stay your yard in your house <laughs> and talk to your fans about their behavior, yeah. you understand? But this leads me on to um, a point around artist development. Mm. Because um, artists, an artist's in, um, entrance point to music is very different to what it would have been. Yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. there was a big role of A&R. There was a big role for um, the record label, all of these kind of things. Whereas now, you could all have a million followers mm. and you're still independent. Mm. Do you get mm. where I'm coming from? Yeah. And I felt like before, when you had to, when you were working with A&Rs and record labels and so on, and you had your management team, they had to do this character development, mm. right? Even part of that, I guess, being media training yep. and all kind of things to help these people grow into the space that they're there within, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like the character develop that that artist development and character development isn't happening as much as I would like to see, especially in the Black British music scene. And I think I could see in um, the US hip hop scene. Some of these people are wiling, cause mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to say that, for example, like. When I'm listening to Mob Deep and, and the Alchemist and that, yeah, they're probably about this life. Mm. When I'm listening to Wu Tang, they're probably about this life. Mm. But for some reason, it feels different. Maybe it's because it's in my country now and the understanding is that the, the proximity is different. Mm. But mm-hmm. when I'm looking at um, the scene right now for drill artists, well, let's just say rappers, borrowers, in and out of jail, 
So you had like RV, Lowski, these men are in and out of jail, like Diggity. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'm, it's a shame that there's this pattern that's happening. But I don't necessarily see that their mindsets are changing yeah. through the way that they're, and it could be a public persona, how they're showing up on socials and music. I'm like, you sort ain't growing it. Don't feel like you're learning the lesson. And the thing is, you're creating opportunities and building. But the same thing that you was coming from is going to be the thing that's going to compromise all that you built. Yeah. You know, when you look at what's happening with like Young Fug on Enrico charges, when you look at what was, um, what's the brother's name? The colourful guy, 6 9 mm. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. The baby. Because there's bare madness happening. And I'm like, what's happening with the artist developments? Do you have like a start? Like, what's your thoughts on like when people are coming into the scene, they become successful and they're doing the same fuckery or even worse? Like, what do you think about that? It's funny because I got into a Twitter conversation about this about two days ago. Mm. Um, because someone tweeted something like, um, artists... Artist development is being lost. Look at the state of these artists, blah, blah, blah. Um, labels need to take better responsibility and develop artists before they bust. And I I came with a different perspective just because I wanted to see what the feedback would be on Twitter. But only one the only thing that happened was people just agreed with me, which I didn't want. I wanted people to disagree with me. You wanted the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I said was, I'm not sure if I agree with you, because I know a lot of well-developed artists. Is it just that the industry is pushing one type of artist? Mm. But Twitter aside, based on that, artist development is being lost simply because fast money is being made. That's the truth. Labels, the music industry and every industry, let me not just leave it to music, all industries are successful on the backs of exploitation. And the music industry is no different. Mm. So with the internet and a short attention span, labels do not have the time and do not want to have the time to develop an artist for two to five years and get them ready and put them on small school tours, which is what they used to do back in the day. And then put them on the college tour and then the university tour and build them up and do all of these rehearsal sessions and pump all of this money into doing that just in case it doesn't work. They mm. haven't got time for that. They don't even, like, if you, for instance, if you get signed to a PR, like if you get a PR deal with a PR company or you get signed to a label and they want to do some work with you, they don't come up with the content strategy anymore. That is now for the artist to do. Swear. Because they don't know what works for the artist anymore. The internet has changed the game. Mm. What went viral yesterday is not going to go viral today. And so they want the artist to tell them what's working for the artist. And that relationship is completely it's changed. It's changed. It's flipped. So what happens now is that those companies, let's say, for instance, let's say you, yesterday your podcast got signed. Mm. What they would, how they would be able to help you is expand your audience by using their analytics and all the kind of background information that they've got. But the content on how to get your audience, that's on you. Mm. So they will be saying to you, what posts have you noticed at work? Like, let's check your insights. Like, what's working? Is it when you put pictures up? Is it when you do stories? Is it when you do videos? Like, right. what, what, what are you getting? What conversations have had the most plays? Which, have you had replays? Have you been featured anywhere? 
Like, have you had any people that's come on and since they've come on, your engagement's shot up, you've gained more followers. They're going to ask you all of those questions. And then what they'll do is they'll be able to help you business strategize, but they can't give you right. the go So, So really then the artist owns the content process. Yeah. And then the, uh, the label and the management team, they're looking after the analytics, the process, and trying to maximize on what you're doing. If it is, uh, yeah, if it's a signed artist, because yeah, yeah. from the management perspective, in say my shoes with an independent artist, I am part of that content creative team. So mm. I sit down with the artist and we chop it up and we share ideas and we create, we create it basically. And then mm. we take it to the PR company and go, this is our idea, what do you think? Okay. And they'll go, yeah, or try it. Yeah, let's do it like that, but let's try it this way. Because this is what's always worked. Right, right, right. Or this is what is working at the moment for an artist that's like yours. Because what where the industry is still behind is they're still doing things like, all right, let's say, um, all right, let's do it like this. Shauna Kane, yeah? Yeah. They would look at the industry and they'd go, who's like Shauna Kane? Drea Mack. Okay. So then they'd say to Shauna, let's look at what Drea Mack's doing. Let's look and see what she's always done. I hope she's her pronouns are she. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see what Drea's done. You copy that, okay? Because that's what's always worked. Plug and play model. Yeah, that's what's always worked. Copy that because it worked for her. And this is how artists, in many instances, lose their identity and lose yeah. their direction because they started off doing one thing, they're now trying to replicate someone else's thing. Right now, I'm understanding. Yeah, that's yeah. mad. Because you know, it's I, I think I I. I've always wondered, especially for like mass presenting queer folk, mm. do management teams know how to work with nope. them and how to position <laughs> them? Because if you're <laughs> trying to compare, because I think that that was a good comparison for you, Shana Kane, because really, it, as per my opinion, there's no one really out there that is a comparable. Yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? There is no comparison. So if that there's all of their process then doesn't work, because if you're if, if the thing is based upon observing how other people in that space are doing it and you are kind of new in that space or you're yeah you're starting off they setting, have no idea they got no they got no, they idea. no idea do you know who's an interesting um person to look at you see um darko mm. i'm like i wonder because it's not even about whether i like or dislike the person or taking their music because i don't really know too much of them but i just love the fact that you're mass presenting you're doing your thing yeah, yeah, right yeah. but i'm like i wonder most people on a day-to-day basis don't know what the fuck to do with me. No. They don't know how to... So I can't even imagine musically that they understand. And I wonder if there's a thing of trying to make mass-presenting people more feminine. I mean, yeah. that Historically, that was always an issue with me. Ah, so talk on it. whenever I would meet a producer or someone from a label, mm. they would have to say something. I, I remember doing a show in... Do you remember Astoria back in the day? Wait, Astoria, wait, wait, wait. It was on uh, Charing Cross Road. A big venue, big, isn't it? Massive big, massive venue, It yeah, sits yeah. alongside the things like um, Coliseum and Scala yeah, and that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I did a show in Astoria and the promoter come up to me and he was like, oh my God, you was amazing. Your stage presence, blah, blah. He said, just one tip though. You know the moment where you unzip your tracksuit top, yeah? Would have been a bit better if you had on just your bra. Because I had on a t-shirt. Okay. 
Okay. Literally, that's what I said. I went, okay. And I was just so, you know, you're so shocked. You don't even know what to say. I was so shocked. Like, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even realise I'd just been insulted. Like, I was so shocked. Go on, Ash. Get your tits out. (laughs) (laughs) Get me a little wake up, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, right, okay. All right, cool. Let me ask you something. Let me uh, me make this interesting. Mm. So if someone came to you with 50 mil Mm. and said, all right, cool. This is 50 mil just for a one-year contract. Mm. Do what you do, but you have to be femme, all the way femme. 50 mil, 12 months. I'd say, what does that mean? Right, so, and when they break it down, they're going down like the... You've gone past Lady Leisha. That's not feminine enough. They're kind of going towards, let's say, like, Meg the Stalin, Shenzi. Oh, later, no. They said, so 50 million for 12 months work to femme it up. But to do exactly what you're, would you do it? I couldn't. And do you know what? The reason why I'm confident, because 50 mil, like, you know, a lot of people could say, no, 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 I wouldn't. But when it's in your face, it's a different story. But the reason why I can confidently say that I couldn't is because I wouldn't feel safe. Mm. I wouldn't physically feel safe Mm. dressing like that. I'd feel too vulnerable. And vulnerability has that. You can't put a price on vulnerability. And safety. I hear that. Like, do you know what? Because I think everybody's got a price. Like, I, I generally believe, and it's not, you, everybody's got a price when it comes to certain things, right? And someone might be looking at me saying, Meg, what, what would you do? Now, my immediate answer is, I'll give you 12 months in a dress. I'll give you, like, the, my, like my, you see my business mind? My business mind's like, so you mean to tell me, i got a dash on this dress and I'm going to get 50, for 12 months I'm going to get 15 Listen, I'll put on a dress and done. But the reality now in practicality is that whatever they saw in me mm. and valued, I'm not going to be able to create that same content dressed like that. Mm. No, Do you understand impossible. where I'm coming from? Because right now, my Reebok trainers, my black socks, my fucking cargo shorts, and my tie-dye t-shirt right now are contributing to this content. Mm. Regardless of whether someone's aware of that or not, it mm. is. So you see, if I was to sit up here now in front of you in some little tie-up <laughs> mini dress thing, I don't even know yeah. what the gal then wear again. You understand? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going to be so self-conscious. Exactly. That it's going to take away from the actual weight yeah. of the content, you know. So I don't think I could um, I could do it. If you were to, could you become, are there any other sounds that you would consider playing with outside of kind of, I guess, bars? So that yeah. would you would yeah. you step into a different genre? Like, and if so, what kind of genres would you play with? Um, I've I have actually got a song just under a different name on Spotify that's like electronic, mm-hmm. and I can send that to you just so that you can hear. But um, yeah, I do house. Um, I re- I'm a, I'm a househead. I'm a proper househead. Um, I I prefer Afro house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could definitely do house. Anything electronic. So when I say electronic, I mean like like subtract. Mm. No, like that kind of obscure yeah, 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 sound, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. that's kind of like the track that I did. Saying that, it to you. actually, I was gonna say one of my entry points to your no, my actual entry point to your music was an alternative sound because I think I messaged you and I said, "Yo, I found your music on Spotify, mm. and it's cold and it was super alternative sounding. Mm. You know, a nice drink, maybe a little smoke, dim lights, whole vibe kind of thing. So I can see, I could definitely see seeing you doing that. Yeah, I'm extremely eclectic. Like, do you know who? Do you know who I fuck with? Like, as a quite an eclectic sound, you know, Little Dragon. Oh, I love Little Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. fantastic. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a musician by any sense of the word. Like, I, 
put on a little beat. I might be able to drop a yeah. little one bar and get a little reaction, but I'm just not going to claim any kind of musician title. Mm. But I love the, like what Little Dragon does. Mm. Really, Ritual Union got me in <laughs> trouble again. Yeah, man. The Oh, my God. They're, um, do you know about Living Proof? Mm-hmm. Living Proof changed my life when yeah. it comes to music, my love for music. Because they put a lot of electro sounds mm. mixed into their sets. Mm. And, you know, in a raving scenario, it does something to you. You know, it really, really does. Be interested to hear you on like, um, like a, I'm a piano thing. With like a little South African artist. <laughs> it's funny. Cause. It's funny. I was sent an I'm a piano beat in lockdown. Um, but it wasn't right. It just, and he was a really good producer where he's, he's going, he's going to go clear one day. Mm. He's a really good producer. He's in those circles. And, um, I said to him, if I do this, I'll be doing it just because it's you mm. and we're friends and, but it's not right. I wouldn't do your beat justice. Okay. When we find the right one, it will work. Cause I can, I can, I can, it's like how. I can see you doing um, Jungle. I can just see how that can... I'm Listen, I'm excited. Like So musically this year, what 